the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buca Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We want to find ourselves here in Mark chapter 12. Uh, Beginning at verse 28, the word of the Lord reads as follows. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we honor you this morning. We thank you for your grace and kindness. We thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit that uh, is moving in the midst of this place even right now. That's moving on the threshold of the hearts of your people. God, I'm praying that your power would manifest itself today, Lord, for the tearing down of strongholds. Strongholds that have been in place for years and years. Lord, I'm praying that the power of your word would unleash the things that seem to have been unleashable. I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, your word on today would save someone who's lost and allow them to come asking, what must I do to be saved, to come into that relationship with you? Father, I'm praying that the word of God would encourage someone to repent of their sin and come back to you today, Lord God, someone perhaps who's drifted away in fellowship. I'm praying that the word of God would provoke them to come back into that Uh, reconciled relationship with you. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying that you would have your way in all that is done and all that is said, that this body of believers who are listening here and are listening via radio and listening via live stream and listening via the other various social mediums, God, I pray that each one of them will be touched by the word of God today, that your, your assignment, God, might be fulfilled in their heart, that they may not just be hearers of the word, but they also might take and apply it to their lives and be doers. Spirit of the Lord, I need you that you might use me in an extraordinary way, that you might declare your word from on high through me as an oracle of God, that they may not hear me, God, but they may hear you speaking and provoking them to righteous living. So now, Lord, I surrender all to you. Use me, Lord, as you see fit and strengthen my feeble body that it might be used to glorify you. Lord, we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for you all by yourself are worthy of it all in the name of Jesus. 
Jesus, who is our Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise his holy and adorable name. Well, Catherine, this morning, as we uh, pick up, we, again, have been walking through this series of messages. We started uh, at the beginning of the series, in the beginning of the month, in First Samuel, uh, in this uh, series entitled Proper Relationship, speaking from the subject matter, Righteous friendships. Uh, we move from 1 Samuel chapter 18 to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. In part two of the messages, we spoke uh, about ma- the marital relationship. And then in part three, uh, the relationships of parents and children from 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. And then on last Sunday, when we were together, we were in Romans chapter 5 and chapter 6. And we spoke there from the subject matter, the reconciled relationship with God. And in that reconciled relationship with God, we came to understand and realize that the means by which that we were able and have come into a reconciled relationship with God was because of the faithful work of Christ. Amen. And as a result of us being in this reconciled relationship with God, as in any relationship, uh, there is a desire for faithfulness. And so since God brought us into this relationship through the faithful work of Christ, we also determined and realized that God has an expectation of the faithfulness of man. We have a responsibility to be faithful to the God who was faithful in bringing us into this relationship. And thereby, we further dug into Romans chapter 5 and 6 and discovered that in the faithfulness of God and the faithful walk of man, together we will experience the faithful forever after. For this relationship that we've come into with God uh, not only was open to us by God, but it's being kept by God, and it is an eternal relationship that he has intended to have with us. And so we shall enjoy the forever after, if you will, the faithfully forever after. With God. The good news is, is that the forever after with God is not contingent upon us. Lord, help us here. Because if it was up to us, we would have lost, ruined, messed up, sold, uh, corrupted the forever after. But the good news is that God is keeping us uh, in and through and to the ever after. And so we have the guaranteed uh, security of our faith and our eternal life in. Christ Jesus. Now, on this morning, as we close this series of messages out on proper relationships, we as a nation find ourselves in the throes of uh, a manifestation of a sinful uh, behavior of humanity known as racism and prejudice. I'm, I'm going to try to take my time. Y'all pray for me here. Uh, and the reality of it is, is that these Uh, sinful attitudes and these sinful uh, spirits, if you will, are not new to our country or our world. In fact, uh, these uh, sinful attitudes and natures have been around uh, since sin began. And and now we have had opportunity through a variety of series of uh, incidents and occurrences to have it manifest in our face. In other words, we're being able to see it on the live screen. Uh, We've seen the knee on the neck and the bullets in the back and the locking up of the children and the expulsion of their uh, immigrant parents uh, uh, from a land that belongs to God that we who live in it declare we are the children of God. 
and, and, and I'm struggling here to, to, to push our way through uh, understanding how is it that we declare ourselves to be a Christian nation yet have so much unchristian behavior and characteristic. Y'all got to pray for me uh, as I try to walk my way through this this morning because it, it is troubling that God can own something uh, called the world, but yet man puts his stake in it and declares somehow that he has authority in that which belongs to God and then therefore goes furthermore to then declare that one group or another has superiority over another. And I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm going be honest with y'all, but but I'm, I'm, I'm going to push my way through because uh, if we are uh, who we say we are, if we really are a Christian nation, if we shown up are born again, if we're washed in the blood of the crucified one, if we're fire baptized and running for our life, then this text uh, will speak to us and give credence to us and value to us as we uh, examine this text, I believe that Jesus will speak to us and help us in our circumstances that we find ourselves in. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, racial relationships. We've dealt with friendship uh, relationships and marital relationships and parent and child relationships and the reconciled relationship we have with God. But now I think it's uh, pertinent. I think it's time. I, I think it's, uh, uh, it's divine that we now on this day talk about racial relationships. Now, let me start by saying I know that the subject matter in and of itself makes a whole lot of folks uncomfortable because a whole lot of people don't want to talk about it. We, we just want to pretend that ain't no problem, that everything's all right, everything's peachy keen. And we're just, we're just raising up uh, ideas and we're just raising up uh, circumstances and blowing things out of proportion and making them more than they are. But come on now, let's be realistic. The reality is that despite the fact that we have called and declared ourselves a Christian nation, despite the fact that in the world in which we live, because I know it, this is not just an America problem, this is a worldwide problem, and in spite of all of that, uh, we still have problems dealing between one race and another race, one color and another color, one uh, economic group versus another economic group. We have such a division all around us, and in our text, Jesus brings uh, to us some insight about this whole troubling matter that we're experiencing uh, at uh, Perhaps in some, for some people, unprecedented levels. I would suggest that it's, it's not really unprecedented. I would suggest that uh, there have been far worse situations that have transpired uh, even before today. And it just so happens that they weren't all, everybody wasn't walking around with an iPhone or Android taking pictures of it and videotaping it. it it's been going on a long time. And, and just because it wasn't out front and, and in your face, it doesn't mean it wasn't in the back and in the boardroom. Hey, somebody, uh, it's been going on for a long time, and, and it's not just a, an issue of a particular group or culture. No, it's an issue of sin. Y'all stay here with me because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk my way through this. But in this text, in this text, let me push you into this text. In this text, uh, Jesus is being attacked 
if you will, and tested by a variety of groups. He is first tested by the Herodians who come to him and test him on the issues of the offering. Uh, they they want to make sure that, that he's okay and he's good and his people are doing what they're supposed to do as it relates to the offering. And then the Sadducees, he passed that test. And then the Sadducees come and they decide we're going to test him and we're going to quiz him on the resurrection, which they don't believe in, by the way. But they challenge him and they test him on the, the subject matter of the resurrection. And he passed that test. And then uh, thirdly, the scribes and the Pharisees come along and they believe that, uh, well, uh, the best way for us to test him now is on the commandments. Because if we can catch him in his words, if we can trap him, if we can trip him up, then we'll have him and be able to uh, dismiss him as being a strong leader and uh, gathering such a group and gathering such a, a following as he had as, as he had gained. And really, in, in reality, if you read through the text, you'll find out that the real issue that was going on here, even in the text, is that there was some folk that had religious power who were jealous of Jesus, who had come on the scene, who had all the power. Lord, help me here. And so they were just trying to see how they could get him out the way that they might continue to have the authority and the power that they thought they had over the people that they were leading. But Jesus has come on the scene and in every scenario and in every test that they put before him, he answers well. And so when the question is asked of him here in the text, uh, as the scribe came to him, having heard him reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered the other question well, he had, he had uh, satisfied the, the, the uh, question on the resurrection, uh, he then asked him this question, which is the first commandment of all? Now, the scribes and the Pharisees were the keepers of the law, and sure enough, they should have known, and they would have known what the law said and the order thereof, because it was uh, it, it was their responsibility, it was their upbringing and their training that they might learn it and learn it in the order in which it was uh, listed. And so, uh, they bring this question to Jesus, who is the teacher uh, in Israel. He's, the, he's the, the Messiah, but not quite yet revealed. He's the one who's now gathering a large audience, and he's... Uh, uh, one who has challenged the very seat of authority of these scribes and Pharisees and and other leaders, Sadducees and Herodians. And so they say to him, well, Lord, what is uh, the first commandment? And so Jesus answers them uh, and he says this, hear that God is one. That, that's the first movement of the text. I want you to, I want you to walk with me through this because I think his words are vitally significant and not to be moved through too quickly. But watch this. Uh, he answers him and he says, first of all, the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, uh, this is the first thing, hear that the Lord is one. Contrary to uh, the polytheism that the uh, Israelites had perhaps been exposed to through heathen nations and uh, the, uh, the ideas that there are multiple gods, and, and as they had seen it in heathenistic relationships, these multiple gods that they had oftentimes even contradicted one another. Contrary to that, 
Jesus responds and tells them, uh, quoting even the very uh, law itself, first of all, matter of fact, if I can say it this way, if we could back up into history and go all the way back to Exodus, <laughs> help me Jesus, if we can go all the way back to Exodus chapter 20, God would say, before I get into all of the commandments, I need you to understand, first of all, I'm one. Lord, help me here. I'm not uh, a multiple God. I'm, uh, I'm just one God. Uh, your God, Israel, uh, Elohim, uh, Adonai, Jehovah, he's just one. He's, he, he's building on this point because he needs uh, them to have the, the clear understanding that uh, the God that you are asking about, uh, his commandments, he... He's not split. He's not shared. He's not divided. He's not a polyistic God. No, uh, your God, our God, he is one. He is mono. He is uno. He is one God. Pastor, why is that important? Why, why is that significant? That, that, that's significant for us to understand that he's one God because, watch this, this one God, created you in unison and in unity with himself. This one God created mankind in the likeness of himself. And so he begins by helping them understand that this one God who is one, who is uniform, who is unified, who is uh, uh, how can I say, who is altogether one. Wow. He's, can I help y'all today? He's three persons, but he's one God. He's father, but he's God. He's son, but he's God. He's Holy Spirit, but he's God. And even though he manifests himself in father, son, and Holy Spirit, he's just one God. Help me, God. And if I walk you into this deeper, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us that he who is joined to this one God is joined to him in one spirit. I'm really trying to get y'all there. Uh, I, I need you to get this. I need you to get this because there are, if he were a... Uh, a polytheistic God. In other words, if he was a, a God of many, if he were multiple gods, then one God might be the God of the white. And then another God might be a God of the black. And then another God might be a God of the Asian or Hispanic. And another God might be a God of the Indians and the Native Americans. But he's not that kind of God. No, He's one God. And when we connect with him in redemptive value, we become one with him. Y'all still here? I need to read you this particular text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because as we build this point and grab hold of the fact, first of all, and he says, Here, O Israel, uh, the Lord your God is one God. He's one God, 1 Corinthians helps us again in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
Um, read a few verses here. It says in verse 4 and follow, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. And just in case your, your Greek is not good, all in the Greek means all. <laughs> it means black, it means white, it means Asian, it means Hispanic, it means Latino, it means everybody, everybody. All, the same God who works in all. Verse 12 picks up and it says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all black, white, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, Indian, Hebrew, Greek, slave, free, everybody, one body. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, we all have been made to drink into one spirit. Y'all still here with me? Verse 25 picks up and says that there should be no schism, no racism, no, no ism, no sexism, no, no prejudice. No, there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now, uh, you are the body of Christ and the members individually. My goodness. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to build here this, this concept, why it's significant, why it's important to understand, first of all, to hear that God is one. Uh, in the context of this here, first he says that God is one and all who are joined to him, if you're part of the body, you're part of one body. If you're, if you're born again, you're part of one body. If, if you're a Christian, you're part of one body. I know you, we've divided ourselves in every which way we possibly can. We've got Baptist, and we've got Methodist, and we've got Pentecostal, and we've got Apostolic, and we've got this, and we've got that. We've got all kinds of divisions. But if you are born again by the blood of the Lamb, if you have adopted and understood and accepted the reality that Jesus Christ is God himself and that he died on the cross to save us from our sin, that he was buried in a tomb and rose again on the third day according to the scripture. If we have believed in our heart and confessed with our mouth that he indeed is God, you're part of the body. Doesn't matter whether you're Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal. Doesn't matter if you're the Baptist with the with the with the guitar or the Baptist with the organ or the. Doesn't matter which. You don't matter which version you are. Free will, active will, surrender will. Doesn't matter. Don't matter where you are. If you are in the body, you're in one body. And and here's the reality. Here's the reality because we we have such a plethora of groups in the body. Even as the scripture said, many members but still one body. Because our God is one God. 
I love this. He, he's unified. He, he's not divided. And anything that is contrary, stay here with me, anything that is contrary to the unity of oneness is not of God. Whoo, I'm preaching way better than y'all saying amen. Ah, Lord, have mercy. So watch this. So hear, O Israel, hear, uh, hear uh, different ethnicities, hear different colors of the skin, hear different... Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD, or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.